0: Hi there, Peter Thompson here, and welcome back to the Economics of Innovation. So, it's been a while since my last podcast, so I thought I would continue the trend of diving back into old articles from the blog and pulling out some of the most popular articles that I've kind of worked on and um, talk a little bit about some of the response from different readers and the comments and feedback that I've had. So, this is the second most popular article on. The blog and the topic of it is a bit of a discussion about management consultancies and creative agencies and how they compete with each other, particularly in the world, or the new world of innovation consulting. The title of the article is simply Management Consultants Versus Creative Agencies. Management consulting firms want to move into the creative process, and creative agencies want to move into management consulting. So it seems that everyone wants to swim upstream towards the boardroom and consult on innovation, customer experience, and design thinking. So the widely held theory is that there's good margins in this type of work. And let's be honest, it is sexy as hell, or at least for someone like me that finds this stuff exciting. But What no one really talks about is that the high-end strategy work is actually important because it leads on to the multi-million dollar implementation projects that secretly feed the world's biggest global agencies. So there's a new world emerging in terms of what we call business design. So management consultancies and ad agencies are both fighting to move into digital innovation consulting. Over the years, I've personally worked in several of the gray areas between management consulting, advertising, and design thinking. So I've seen some of these macro industry trends firsthand. And the toughest part of my career has always been Finding that chink in a client's armor that lets us get close enough to the boardroom to be able to really ask those tough questions. It almost doesn't matter what the starting point is for a project if the real goal is to get to know the deeper issues inside a business. So with all the shifting agency services, it's quite hard for clients to know who to turn to for advice on some of these kind of big future-oriented business problems. great consulting has always been about getting to the really nitty-gritty questions beneath the surface. And personally, I want to know why a company exists in the first place, who it is that they really care about, where they want to be in five years' time, and how they plan on putting some sort of a dent in the universe. What's the impact they want to have? So traditionally, management consultancies have pretty much held a monopoly on that sort of long-term strategic planning. But that grip is rapidly crumbling. therefore, when it comes to the agencies of the future, It's quite interesting to ask, well, who would be the McKinsey of the next generation? And there are a lot of other interesting arguments about whether the best core skill set for this type of work comes from technology or business or design. And the global IT consultancies like IBM and people like that, or even the accounting firms want to get into the innovation game as well. But the bigger issue is that from a client's perspective, these skill sets are all looking more and more similar. So I usually refer to this type of cross-functional work as innovation consulting, because it reflects the modern mindsets of lean startup, agile software development, and other types of user-centered design thinking. The global management consulting firms like McKinsey, Bain, BCG, they do have the scale to partner with clients to do big global quote, digital transformation programs, and to see those programs through for the three to five years that it would take to implement something that really changes the direction for a big organization. And likewise, the giant ad agencies, they're usually tucked inside a WPP or a publicist or some sort of um, giant trading group, which is whether it's Gray, Ogilvy, BBDO, they're all big enough to... Gr- throw their weight around behind multi-country, multi-year implementation projects. I think that's why these two sets of industry titans have their eyes on each other, is that the strategy work is kind of the starting point for a lot of other very important and very lucrative work. So the giant management consultancies and the global network ad agencies are having to fight hard to maneuver for these new revenue streams in design thinking and innovation consulting. I've noticed some common strategies that they're both adopting to compete on this new battlefield. So, the first model for trying to move into innovation consulting is the aqua hire. So, the latest way of getting into innovation consulting is to acquire a small agency that's doing the opposite of whatever it is that the acquirer does and then bolting them onto the mothership. This is called an aqua hire because it's an acquisition is really for the purposes of hiring the new staff and kind of merging them into the business. So if it's well handled, an hire can be an awesome way of hitting the ground running with a strong team and good momentum. But more often than not, the shiny new team is pretty soon gobbled up and lost inside the bureaucracy of the host organism. On the management consulting side, um, for an example, Deloitte have purchased and then absorbed several web design firms into Deloitte Digital, along with a more recent acquisition of Michael Porter's Monitor Group, do Pure Strategy. And then Accenture brought up an uh, innovation and design firm called Fjord. And here in New Zealand, PwC acquired a design and thinking firm called User, uh, Optimal Usability, and that helped create the seed for what is now known as PwC Digital. On the ad agency, looking at some examples, um, innovation agency, the social partners in London, became a pretty productive part of grey advertising pretty much as soon as it was acquired. Um, And both WPP and publicists have been on social media and digital agency buying sprees over the last five years or so, with even some quite large fish like AKQA being gobbled up by WPP. So for the ad agencies. So far, it seems that they're pretty much winning the acquisition game. But there's another model as well. So the other model for moving into innovation consulting is, to, is what I call the lone wolf. So another approach is to hire a new leader from outside and let them build the internal team themselves. And this takes longer than aqua hire, But the advantage is that the lone captain can gradually build their own kind of motley crew of rogues and pirates from inside and outside the mothership who are just tough enough to keep the flame alive. So hiring a lone wolf kind of looks good in business week, PR week or marketing week um, because the agency can post a photo online of their new chief innovation officer standing in front of a brick wall wearing a black t-shirt and looking innovative. Um, and appointing a heavy hitter does look good in front of clients and the press. By contrast, hiring a small consultancy is kind of messier to explain to clients and to industry commentators. So on the management consulting side, for some examples, BWC, sorry, um, BCG, McKinsey, and Bain have all been appointing senior partners to manage their digital innovation and design thinking capabilities but none have quite yet emerged as real heavy hitters at a personal level with genuine thought leadership and client impact. So honestly, I haven't been that impressed with the the lone wolf or kind of um, internal build capability from some of those big consultancies who should be able to do this stuff better, really. Um, Inside the ad agencies, um, LBI have appointed a leader of organizational design, Ogilvy have established their own stealth innovation consulting division. Um, Wolf Olins, who are a branding agency, have been getting into lean branding. BBH have a new um, venture uh, innovation fund called the Black Sheep Fund. My personal favorite of the Lone Wolves is a guy called Tom Goodwin. He's the head of innovation at Zenith Media in New York. And no one's quite sure what he actually does for a living, but he's very vocal on LinkedIn. And he seems to attract the attention of a lot of in-house marketers who may well then want to go on and hire Zenith for media planning or other types of consulting. So I think he's actually doing a really good job. And I think he's starting to attract a bit of momentum, which I think is the real mandate for someone that comes in to try and establish this sort of practice from within an agency. So no matter whether you choose to buy a small firm or build your own innovation team, there's several roadblocks that go along with trying to make this stuff work in practice. So growth issue number 1 is that innovation is really a team sport. So the downside to acquiring a small firm or hiring a lone genius from outside is that one or two people don't really magically create an innovation culture within a large global professional services business who has long established norms and structures and a lot of sort of organizational inertia. So suddenly the Mothership's HR team have got to learn how to hire new people with new skills and new professional backgrounds. Um, The management consultancies are trying to hire pure play creative people, but they're finding it surprisingly hard to evaluate the creative skill sets and to make use of those people once they're on board and part of the team. Now it turns out that doing consistently great creativity requires a pretty supportive ecosystem, and that just doesn't exist in some inside those kind of large analytical management consulting businesses. So at the same time, the ad agencies are hiring more pure play business analysts. but They're finding it quite hard to evaluate the analytical skill sets and to make use of those sorts of people once they've hired them. So it turns out the good analytical and data-driven thinking also requires quite a supportive ecosystem. And that doesn't always exist within the creative agencies. So it turns out that creativity really is a team sport, especially that kind of fine art of solving a client's problem and helping encourage a client to be more innovative and become more user-centered because that's actually not an easy change to make. So when a project gets tough, you do need a mix of different skills to actually get things done. So you need those kind of different skills and capabilities. That leads on to growth issue number two, which is that building an innovation consulting team requires a mix of both specialists and generalists. So building an innovation consulting capability inside an agency requires quite a daunting mix of specialist skills. But it also requires a reasonable quota of generalists to play the role of diplomat and kind of connect up either internally within the, the firm or within clients or in the client relationship. So act, these sorts of people can act like a designer when the client's being too analytical, they can act more like a business person or an analyst when the client's being too vague. So They can bridge between those worlds. And these sorts of generalists bring balance. And a good innovation team also needs a healthy mix of specialists and generalists. So on the specialist side, the best way to understand how to build a team to advise clients on innovation is to look at how startups build an agile team with constrained resources. So to bring a product to life in the startup world, You generally need a hacker who can do the technical kind of building, a hustler who can organize the finances, promote the business, do the marketing, get the word out there, and handle the business side of things. And you need a designer who can provide that real voice of the customer. So every product needs a mix of technology, business, and design. So there's a yin and yang balance to innovation. And a great concept needs feasibility testing and rigorous business model. A great business strategy also needs that emotional resonance that comes from user-centered design and design thinking. Both businesses and design also need the technology side to bring things to life. So you need that mix of specialists, but you also need a healthy quota of generalists. So I talk about polymath strategists as being the ideal type of connector inside an innovation consultancy. So it's rare, but there are a certain type of individual within the fields of design, business, and technology that also understand just enough of the other disciplines to be genuinely useful across each field. So a polymath is someone whose specialty is learning other people's specialties quickly. So polymaths pride themselves on accelerating the time to minimum viable knowledge on any given topic. So the Navy SEALs have got a very special style of cross-disciplinary collaboration. So a SEALs team learn just enough of each other's roles to be able to do their buddy's job in an emergency, not because you necessarily want your engineer acting as a medic all the time, but because being forced to learn each other's craft helps make you appreciate it and gives you a kind of cross-functional appreciation that speeds up communication and speeds up effectiveness and helps kind of interconnect the team in a really interesting way. So the first design firm that I worked at, I learned just enough Photoshop, just enough InDesign, just enough of the design skills to appreciate how hard it is to design with good taste. And likewise, in some of my more recent in-house roles in various different tech startups, I've learned just enough kind of software development and coding to be able to appreciate how long it takes to really build something out elegantly and to build out a completely new feature from scratch. So a true polymorphs job history almost always tends to be a bit of a mess. Um, I've met polymaths who call themselves everything from creative technologists through to information architects. And often this kind of job title of, quote, strategist, unquote, is a common place for these sorts of people to hide in plain sight, effectively, because it covers a multitude of sins. There's plenty of polymath strategists hidden away inside ad agencies, design firms, market research firms, or PR agencies. But they aren't jack-of-all-trades generalists in the old kind of MBA consulting style of things. Instead, a more modern polymath still does need a specialization in one of the core productive disciplines that's going to contribute to actually innovating or bringing something new to life so that they can deliver some sort of immediate value when they're in front of a client and a client knows and can kind of understand where they're coming from. But they also need just enough of the other skills and other disciplines to be a productive contributor and not just a commentator on those other areas. So the best strategists that I've met are pretty confident in their craft, but use it as a starting point for the real work of then digging into root causes of a client's problem, whatever the technical field that that they might come from. So there's a really interesting solution to all of this outside of just the world of ad agencies and consulting firms. So I'm quite a fan of the old school management theorists like Tom Peters, and Peter Drucker, And so I'm kind of bound to love the idea of building up a client's own innovation capability in-house. So best practice has kind of always been to build up as much innovation expertise as possible inside a company. So um, Steelcase, who are a furniture manufacturer, bought um, one of my favorite design firms called IDEO. Um, BMW bought out a design firm called DesignWorks back in the mid-90s. And even recently, Facebook actually gobbled up a design firm called Hot Studio. And I think the best example, though, is that Google have established their own innovation and design thinking practices inside Google Ventures. And that's actually been a really interesting um, kind of uh, form of thought leadership that they've done and a whole area of practice around design thinking that they've built up almost entirely internally, which is, is pretty cool. So clients are becoming more astute about how they buy strategy, design, and innovation services. So the smartest clients are allowing all of their advisors to range around beyond the old-school, narrow kind of project briefs and come back with all sorts of integrated and creative multi-channel solutions. So for in-house innovation to work, you need senior people inside the business who are going to open up to new ideas and be open to those ideas coming from anywhere, either internal or external. Their old way of only allowing kind of grown ups or suits, such as law firms and accounting firms or bankers, into the boardroom, it's very quickly becoming obsolete. And there needs to be a method to draw innovation back into the organization or to allow it to kind of circulate like a um, lifeblood throughout the organization. So you can't just firewall your ad agency behind a 22-year-old junior brand manager who kind of manages the agency relationship. And see so the agency does need access back into the CEO and the rest of the organization to be able to actually kind of pull out insights and ideas and to create really great creative work. And likewise, you shouldn't stop management consulting from firm from wanting to talk to people all over the organization. So call center staff, warranty claims, great ideas could come from all sorts of unexpected places, and you need to allow the different organizations and firms that you work with to actually contribute across different areas. So some clients are experimenting with internal venture capital models. So that's internal innovation incubators, internal kind of customer experience SWAT teams, and they can be quite powerful and transformative, but they do sometimes suffer from a bit of organisational capture. They can get too stymied up in corporate politics. So I find that a helping hand from outside can make a real difference when it comes to taking on something new, like a transition to being more customer-centred and more innovative. So in-house capability is important to innovation, but external advisors do still have an important role to play. The ability to brush your teeth every day doesn't mean that you can just suddenly get rid of your dentist entirely. But I think there will always be a role for the dreamers, the crazy ones, the agencies that are just bold enough to think that they can change the world. So that's the article. Um, I wrote that, what are we now, two or three years ago. And um, I think a lot of that still stands up as true. Um, What's interesting is that there's been an even bigger move recently from the IT of consultancies to want to move into this world so agile software developments become a real um, area where a lot of this innovation and creativity um, gets applied and i think that's really exciting because that's bringing the technology side of the equation kind of back into the conversation which is pretty cool um, i still don't think the culture kind of shift inside most c- kind of classic creative ad agencies um that they've sufficiently embraced a lot of the analytics and data thinking that they'll need to over the next maybe two to five years. Um, and then within the, the consultancies, I think um, there's been a shift to bring in creative people and to kind of be much more aware of design and design thinking. But I'm still not sure that kind of from the people that I talk to culturally whether or not those organizations actually know how to attract and retain really great creative talent. So I think that leaves the solution exactly where where it was when I first wrote the article, which is that some of the stuff sits with the in-house team and the in-house leadership to really um, to draw on the external resources where they can, but to actually be champions of innovation and change themselves. So um, yeah, really interested in what um, what you all think out there in terms of what you're seeing in terms of trends? Are you seeing the um, the area of data and analytics as a, a new playing field where these sorts of agencies are competing? Um, what are some of the things that you're seeing out there? I'd be really interested in terms of feedback. So you can come back on Twitter, so at Peter J. Thompson, or you can email me at Peter at PeterJThompson.com. I'm really keen to hear Um, what some of the other things are that you'd like covered in the podcast as well. So um, have a good one.